Yo, junkies, what's up? Welcome back to another Sales Funnel Junkie podcast with your host, SF. Now, before we start, let me ask you this. Have you ever, like, struggled with getting your clarity uh, on point, your mission, your vision in life, your purpose, right? If you, if you did, I did. And that's why I brought this amazing guest on this show to talk about how to get those clarity back like what to do what strategies like what principle to 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 apply in your life right now so grab your pen grab your notepad because we're about to go deep on this one let's go so what's up guys we got an empowered coach in the building we got how can i call it like azunani nani tell me you can call me Nani or you can call me Azahani, whichever one you feel most comfortable with. Let's get it. I'll call you Nani. Well, let's before I introduce you, because I know you've been a sales rep, then you move into building your own uh, moving brokerage, then you move into being an accountability coach. So tell people like who you are, what you're about, and we take it from there. My name is Nani. I am now currently an Empower Coach. I help people execute onto the next level of their life through accountability and high performance strategies. Um, a little bit about me is that I love, I love, love, love impact. And I've always loved impact, but I didn't know how to actually impact people in a way that fulfilled me. I always impact others through chasing other people's dreams or holding the wagon tail to it because I always thought, okay, well, I'm not good enough to get to this next level. So if, if I'm not good enough, then maybe I could be good enough for them and they can help me get there. So with that mentality, it has led me to have the gates open like I have now where I'm in a point of where I can lead people and I'm in a point of where I can impact people because of good experiences and bad experience. So I try to represent, you know, authenticity as well as real leadership because I feel like there's a lot of gurus and not enough gurus. Exactly. That's awesome. So now you're at the point of being your accountability coach, but let's bring the audience back to where you came from. Like we always this, uh, let's say leader or it just happened, you know? Well, it, it depends on what you would define a leader. See, I've always wanted to get it. Like I, ever since I was a kid, like my parents will tell you if they had parties going on at the house or barbecues going, I would literally clean up the bathroom, like set it up like it was a hotel or set it up like I was one of those people at the club that are, are giving you your, your soap and giving you your perfume. I would literally grab my mom's perfume, grab my dad's perfume, set up the bathroom. And like, I would basically force people that would come to the party to tip me. Like they would be, I would like be waiting right there at the door. Like when they're done with the bathroom, I'm like, okay, tip. They're like, wait, I didn't use anything. I'm like, yeah, but it's a tip. You use the bathroom. So I got to clean that. And then like, I had that entrepreneur spirit. Uh, my parents are business owners, but I think that what gave me more of a stride of like, damn, like I have to get this like seriously is when my parents got a divorce. Um, I always thought like, okay, again, I'm in a good position. My parents own businesses. My, my brothers and sisters are taken care of. You know, it's not as hard for them that it's, it's not going to be hard for me. My, my parents are going to build an empire, but when they ended up getting a divorce, that's when I realized, okay, it, it's go time now. Like, okay, like now, like it, it's not what you think it is. The plan changed, but, but now your goal to go ahead and get it, it has to remain the same because now you're going to go through a whole bunch of the different seasons in your life. And, and with that, when my parents got a divorce, it was really, really traumatic for me because of the events that took place. 
Um, I would say that at that point in my life, I felt like I got no purpose in my life. Um, my parents got a divorce because my father uh, cheated on my mom with his sister. They ended up having a baby together, uh, which is like more of like a what the fuck, you know, as a kid. And and for me, my dad and I, we, we were we're close, you know, even so right now we're close. Um, but when I was younger, me and my dad, you couldn't take me away from him. Like I'm the daddy's girl all the way. And when I found that out, it really, really, really shattered me because I just felt like, man, like everything was a lie. Like all these family parties, all these holidays, like her being here, like this girl being my sister, but she's my cousin. Like everything's a lie. Like, you know what I mean? Like literally like it, it, there's no way that like I can trust these people. There's no way that like my dad loved my mom. There's no way he loved me. So it got me into a real depressed factor as, as a young kid, you know, and just the things that went on with it. My, my dad was really, really nasty when it came to my mom and, and not to talk bad about my dad, you know, they were just at a very weak place with themselves. Now that I'm older, I can say that. And they took care of things really immaturely. If they, if they didn't take care of things as immaturely as they did, we probably wouldn't have had it as hard. But my dad was such a like uh, asshole at that time. Am I allowed to curse on here? Okay, so all right, awesome. So my my dad was a real asshole at that time. You know, uh, closed out the business accounts from my mom, took away invoices from my mom, came and took checks out the mailbox, let his mom know because his mom at the time the house was under her name, um, let his mom know like that that he wanted us out the house and all this other shit. So it really was traumatic because my mom had to take care of my sister, my little sister and I all on our own. And that's where I started falling into selling drugs. And that's how I started falling into hanging with the wrong people. Because at the time, my brothers and sisters left when things got hard. So I was like, man, it's just me and my sister and my mom. Like, what am I going to do now? So, and I'm what, Sorry, sorry, big, but what age were you that back then? I was 12 years old, 12 years old, 13 years old. Um, I, Yeah, I was 12 in in July. And then I turned 13 that same year. My birthday's in October. So I was 12 years old. Um, I remember meeting up with one of my friends, telling my situation and him just saying, you know what, you know, you know, we got you. And like from there, that's where I'm like, okay, I got to go get it came in. And I thought, okay, survival mode. Like, okay, well, if, if I could sell this and I could make almost a thousand dollars in a week, then this is the life for me, you know? And then I just took on with that lifestyle. Uh, I was a really rough kid, you know, I was in the streets a lot. I was drug dealing and I was hanging out with gangbangers. Like I was doing it all. And not to say that I was leading, but I always been an impact everywhere I've been, you know, and just to see like, okay, well, I could take myself and do all these bad things and be great at it. Like, why can't I take myself and do all these great things and be great at it? And like right there is when I, I realized like the power of the mind. And that's where I say, You know, I had a moment where I'm like, yo, I got to grow up. But then I just felt like, no, nah, this life isn't for me. Because every time I try to take myself in the right direction, yeah. something fucking happened. Um, that same year that my parents got a divorce, my best friend got shot right in front of me. Died right in front of me. Tried to do everything to save him. Didn't happen for me. Um, two years later, I'm, I'm in love with soccer. been playing since I was a little girl. That's the only time I'm seeing my dad really is to still pick me up and go to the States. Um, I'm about to get chosen for one to be playing in the junior Olympics in Colombia. And I got a college scout at this game. 
And I'm thinking, man, like this is my way out. Like I, I didn't want to sell drugs, even though it was great money. That's not who I was. Like, that's not who I represent. That's not what my mom is. She's a fucking military woman, Marine, you know, and my, my brothers are professionals. So like to want to do that, it, it really made me feel like the black sheep, but I had to do what I had to do. Um, yeah. You what happened? No, keep going. Oh, so, so, um, with that, man, where was I? You made me lose track of where I was at. You made me forget. It's okay. It's okay. So now you move from being this, this, uh, girl, like this young girl wanting to take care of his mom, uh, her mom and, and her sister. Oh, Ooh. wait, I remember now. One second. I remember now. Okay. I, was, I got chosen. I was about to be chosen to play for the junior Olympics. This is where like the good things happen. And I started feeling like, what the fuck? This life isn't meant for me. I'm playing at the States game, college scout there. The scout for the Olympics is there. And I fucking tear my fucking knee. Like, I remember this play. I tear my knee, blow my knee out. I get on a stretcher. They tell me, Nani, I don't want to say this to you, but I don't think you're going to be able to play. And I like look at my the coach and I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, what do you mean? He's like, I, I don't think you're going to be able to play. I get down to like uh, Nova Software University. And when I get there, they tell me my knee's done. My knee's done for the next year or so. So right there is when I'm like, man, God, like, what the hell? Like, what are you doing to me? Like, I, I can't take it anymore. And that's when I just went into a spiral, like yeah. just spiral. So after that, um, what happened? After that, what happened was just more of me getting in my own way. Like, you know, what's the worst thing? I think that when you're doing bad and it's not catching up to you, like, and that's what it was for me, that it never caught up to me. I was really good at doing bad. So what happens when you're really good at doing something? You want to get bigger with it and bigger with it and bigger with it. Well, I'm getting bigger with it, bigger with it, bigger with it. And then boom. I realized that I'm not going to graduate high school. So I drop out. Okay. And, and this is where like, I want you guys to hear it. You know, now I'm a drug dealer, drug user, you know, with, with these like years that have gone by, a lot of bullshit has taken place. Now I'm a dropout on top of it. Um, with that, I end up finding out I'm pregnant. So now I'm like dropout, pregnant, drug dealer, drug user, in and out in juvie awesome kid you got there, Dora. You know what I mean? Like, yo, you're going places like, you know it. And when I had a kid, what happened to me was more or less like, I couldn't accept it. I really couldn't. I couldn't even accept that I was pregnant. I was like, there ain't no way yeah. belly out like this. Nah, like this ain't real. Have the baby. And I'm still like, I held her and like, you'll see the first picture. Like I always tell everyone that That's the most intense picture because that's the first time in my life I really held a kid. Like, first time I held a kid. I'm a fucking kid myself. And, you know, you would think that would change my life. But because it just did not feel real to me, that didn't even change my life. So now I have my baby. I'm still selling drugs. And it came someone wanting to kick my door in to really be like, oh, okay, Nani, you got to change. Something has to happen. So I end up quitting, like, my lifestyle. I basically... Close out every operation I got, move across town, myself, my girlfriend at the time, and my little one. And I just start looking for a job. And I find a job at Outback. And I'm thinking, man, like at this point, I'm 19 years old. Uh, I, I make at least 10 grand a month selling drugs. You know what I mean? Like, 
off of one shipment. Like, what the fuck am I going to do at Outback, dude? Like, what am I going to do there? But I always knew that, like, whatever I do, I got to be the best at it. That's one thing my mom always told me, like, whatever you do, you got to be the best at it. And with that, I was the best person at Outback. I was like, you know what? If I'm going to be a host, I'm going to be, be the best host. Yeah. I was making maybe like $400 a week, but I was like, it, I was making it stretch. I'm like, all right, I got this. Then they promoted me to, a, I think like a to-go girl. And this is where it really got like crushed me because I'm like, man, like no matter what I do, I can't win. So I'm working at this place in Outback. I'm, I'm working with this girl that was obviously stealing from the register. <laughs> I work in the... I work in the front. She, I work in the back. She works in the front. Or if I work in the front, like I'm the one just giving the food out. I don't touch the money at all. And I guess my bosses bring us in. Like, and at this point, like now I'm starting to make at least 700 now a week. I'm like, okay, I can kind of finally breathe because I'm making tips and stuff. Man, my fucking bosses bring me in with this girl and tell me basically like someone's been stealing and because they don't know who it is, they got to fire both of us. And I'm at the time I'm taking care of my kid, my girlfriend, myself, my rent, my like, like everything, dude, like literally everything. And I'm like, I, I'm not, I, 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 it's not me. Like, what do you mean? And I remember this guy looking at me and saying, well, because of your background, I, I can't really say it wasn't you. And I just looked at this guy like, are you serious? Like, because of my background, I come here on the weekends. I come here work doubles. Like I bust my ass and I'm still getting judged for who I am. So that really got me. But someone saw how hard I work and that's what led me into my door of sales. Um, one of the girls I worked with, her, her sister's boyfriend, now husband, um, ran a call center. And she's like, look, he's looking for an assistant. Like you could be front desk. Like I think it would be great. So I called the guy literally that same day and he tells me, yeah, come in tomorrow. I'm like, all right. I come in and when I come in, it was the toughest time. My fucking tire pops. I couldn't find the place. My hair's messed up now. I got tire shit all over my shirt. Like, dude, I'm like so like embarrassed, but I need it. Like, I know I need it. So I go in there and he's like, you're Nani? And I'm like, yeah. He just looks at me. He's like, what happened to you? <laughs> and I tell him like, you don't even understand. And like, as I'm telling him, I almost start crying, but I'm like, but that's not what I'm here for. I want the job. So he looks at me and he tells me, have you ever done sales before? And in my head, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but I'm like, no. And he's like, okay, have you ever been interested in sales? I'm like, I mean, I can give it a try. Like right now I'm just interested in money. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'm going to try something new with you. And I'm like, what? And he's like, that. Eh. Now nah, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll give you a call back. And I'm like, okay, leave the interview. And I'm just thinking like, fuck, like, did I blow it? Like what, what just happened there? Like, am I not going to get this? And as I'm walking into my car, he's like, Nani. And I turn around, he's like, you ever thought about a sales position instead of front desk? And I just look at him. I'm like, I mean, is there more money? And he's like, let's take a look, look into the office. So we get into the office and it's like five guys old ass guys, maybe one young guy. And I'm just looking at this place like, what the fuck? Like, I, I guess this is where my life is now. Like I got the, it's just like the movies. You got the fat ass guy on the corner, the old man, like drinking the cold coffee, yeah. like literally like just like an ideal movie, dude. And I'm just thinking like, whatever, like I got to do what I got to do. I got to go get it. Like literally like you got to go get it. So 
I end up taking the position. Everyone tells me like, you're going to be a, you're going to be a telemarketer. You're going to be a, like a, a, a debt collector. Like you're, you're not going to make no money. It's going to be so shitty. You're going to hate it. And dude, I loved it. And that's like where my whole world opened up for sales. And what, like, what was the thing that you loved most of it? I loved how it pushed me. I loved how it was more or less like me selling these people. I could be whoever I wanted to be and I could give value and I could provide a service and like they made me feel of importance. Yeah. At that time, when I took that sales job, that's what it was for me that I'm like, wow, someone calls me Miss Bernal. Someone's like, hey, I called your extension. Like, so, hey, I, I left you a message in your voicemail. Like to even get that for me, I'm, I'm from the streets, dude. Like to get that, I'm like, damn, like I'm important. And that's what made me fall in love with it. Just the concept of, okay, this is someone else's business, but Within their business, this is my business. Like, so when I get in this cubicle, this is my office. When I get into this cubicle, this this is this is my business. This is Nani's debt consolidation service. And my my clients are calling for me and 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 I write my own check because I'm straight commission. So like I literally fell in love with the concept of wow, I, I'm my own boss and this guy just pays for my leads. That that's what I fell in love with. Awesome. And to be honest with you, this is the reason I brought you in here because I know that my list, listeners, my audience, even myself, at times, we have these excuses, you know? Well, I don't work for myself. I don't, I don't do this. I don't have a purpose. But just hearing your story, like, coming from uh, a an, an broken family, you can say, to being a drug dealer, to, like, being out of purpose, you know, to find something you love, and still knowing that, yo, I got here be- and I can rock this shit, you know? Yeah. And, and I'll say this too. Um, I don't know you guys, if you do watch this or you can, but if you see my arm and I've, I've showed you this before, like if you see my arm, one's shorter than the other. When I was born, they pulled me out wrong. So I have this condition that's called brachial plexus. It's basically a paralysis with my arm. My arm, I can't do certain things with it. So when I was born, my mom basically sued the hospital and the nurses because they pulled me by my arm. So I don't have any nerves, no tendons, no nothing. This is like literally like a dead arm. And like how I use it, it's a fucking miracle. Like because my parents were tough on me with it. Now with that, my point is this. I I want everyone to know is like you don't know what your plan is and you can't be set on the plan. And that's why I always got crushed because I got I fell in love with an idea. I fell in love with a plan. And then when it didn't go my way, I was like, fuck, because When I turned 18, I had the opportunity to actually, I won the case with my, my, my arm in the hospital. Finally at 15, they granted me $2.5 million. Right. And everyone, when I, when I say this, everyone always says, Oh shit. Like you're set. No motherfuckers. I'm not, you know why? Because this is why I felt like, man, like, what's my purpose like is this my life am I meant to get screwed over like is is that what my life is so when I was 18 years old I got granted half that money 1.5 million uh because again I was a rough kid really bad in and out of jail they they didn't want to give me at all because they were scared I was gonna just blow through it right so at 18 years old I get 1.5 million dollars the first thing I did I bought my mom a car So like when everyone's like, yo, like I can't wait to buy my mom a car. Like I bought my mom a car and like 
that feeling was amazing because I knew we didn't have it. And it was more rewarding because our life was just ruined. Okay. And my sister, my, herself, and I have been the ones that have been going through it. You know what I mean? And, and my mom's a very strong woman. Like, man, she, she deserves the world. And like everything that I've put her in, she deserves the world. So I bought her a car. And the day I bought her a car, I bought myself a car for my first time. So, so literally bought her a car, bought myself a car. The first move is this. The reason why I accepted having a kid was because I'm like, okay, this is going to be selfish of me if I get rid of this kid because I want to be a fucking kid and I'm getting granted a million dollars. I could take care of her. Like, there's no reason to get rid of her. Well, now I'm looking for houses and, and my business partner now, who was my attorney the whole time, okay, um, he ends up becoming my uh, attorney for my, my personal account, my business. We started doing business together. He basically, <laughs> I had restaurants with him in Kentucky, 18 years old, invested in, in restaurants. And in Kentucky, he was telling us he just needed some more funds. Oh, I just need another 50 grand. Oh, it's just, this is how restaurants work. So my, my mom and I were like, okay, like, I guess so. But then there was this month where I realized, I'm like, okay, I sent this guy almost 150,000 and we've already given him almost 250,000. This doesn't make sense. Yeah. One day I go into my account, I got almost $2 million in my account now. And I'm thinking like, wait, it, this is the return in my investment? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, cool. Here goes another 250,000. Like literally like, here you go, Chris. And then again, my account again, 500,000 up. So I'm thinking like, damn, is the big restaurant doing that good? So my mom and I started getting sketched out, honestly, because it, it just, it didn't make sense. I'm, I'm again, I'm from the streets. Like I, I didn't graduate high school, but, but don't count me out. That, that doesn't mean that I, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't keep things. So my mom and I go to Kentucky. We check everything out. It does not look like that's fucking $500,000 worth of restaurants. Like, it doesn't. It looks it looks good. Like, I like the place, but I'm like, nah, this is not $500,000 worth. So when we fly back, we let him know that we were going to stop investing. Like, basically stop sending it over, that we wanted to go ahead and do different things. And he's like, no problem, no problem. We just have one more transfer. And I told him we couldn't do it because I'm buying my house, my mom a house when we fly back. Yeah. He's like, okay, no problem. And, and literally we're flying back to buy my mom a house. So when we're flying back, this motherfucker, since we were in the air and we got delayed, he liquidated all of my accounts. Shit. Every single account. Okay. Every single account, my man. And with this, when we get to the Florida, um, I have an account that has like maybe 20 grand in it. And I don't realize that it only got a thousand bucks in it now. And like, we get to go sign the paperwork. And like, now I'm like, okay, mom, we got to go get the, like the bank paperwork. We got to go get the fund, like this, that, another. It was going to be a cash deal. That was it. That was the point why we were going to get it at the rate we were. And when I go <laughs> to uh, the bank with my mom, I remember my mom's face. Cause I was in the car. I was, my, my belly's huge. I, I'm chilling. And I remember my mom's face. And like, she's walking up and she's just driving. She just starts driving. And I'm kind of like, okay, don't put two and two together. We sit at this target and like, I'm kind of like, what the fuck is this lady doing? And I look at her, I'm like, what's up mom? She's like, let's go get some food. I'm like, okay. And like, we sit in the restaurant and she's pacing. Like I hear her nails and I'm like, what's wrong? Yeah. Like what's wrong? And she's like, Nani every single one of the accounts are 
empty. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And like, literally, literally, I was like, nah, nah, say that one more time for me, mom. Like, say it one more time. And she's like, every account, Nana, is empty. And literally, Shannon, <laughs> my man, we call the guy and he just tells us he is so sorry that he's been taking our money and flipping it with some guy, like some investor, and that it's been working out because I could see the fun money in my account. He's like, he's not doing nothing illegal. It's just, he's doing real estate, like yeah. basically illegal because he's taking my money, but it's nothing illegal that he's doing. You know what I mean? And he's like, and this, this time he was like, it was going to be the last time we were going to do a big one. Cause he told me the return was insane. And that when he transferred it over to him, the guy dead the line on him. The guy fled off on him. So now when this happens, I'm like, dude, I'm about to have a baby because I think I'm fine. I don't have a job. I now have no money. Like I, I probably had like in a CD, like 15 grand because like I just put that there, yeah. you know, and I, and I couldn't even get that until a couple years. So I'm like, dude, what the fuck do I do, dude? Like, what do I do? And from there, you know, I've had a lot of things happen in my life. And that's one of them where like, I know what it is to have money, like have a good life because my family, you know, and then I know what it is to have a fucking family crumble. And I know what it is to like have money from the bad way and the good way and like have a million dollars and to see it all go. Like it, 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 it doesn't have to make me an entrepreneur to see that, but that made me an entrepreneur because I'm like, I'm meant for something. Exactly. It's awesome. Awesome story, man. So let's dive more into finding a purpose, right? Because yeah. I believe like in, in the sales funnels game or like online marketing game, people forget um, the importance of knowing where the fuck they're going or like at least knowing who they are. Okay. Because to be honest, myself, I went on this journey. I always had this entrepreneurial spirit, right? But something caught my eye on, I can make money fast. Let me jump on this wagon, right? But yep. something didn't align with, with my purpose and my own self that when things got tough, because I'm a tough guy, I didn't stop, but it was eating me alive, to be honest. So um, how like how can like the audiences that listens that are listening right now, if they're having trouble with aligning themselves with their mission and their business, how can they do that? Because I know you have it, you've done it. And teaching others how to do it. Yeah. So that's a good question. I like that. Um, what I would say is it all starts with you, right? And and it starts with your your want, right? We always do what we want, but we don't do what we need. So like when you see that, oh my God, that quick, man, I could get rich and overnight and in 30 days that that could be me and and, and this, that, and the other. The reason why you're gonna project to that is because you're in a you're in a state of you need that. You need money, you, you need a purpose, you need a mission, you need that, right? But you don't realize that that want okay, isn't going to fulfill your real need, which is you. And what I didn't realize is that I'm sitting here chasing the idea of what I thought success was, but I didn't identify what success meant to me. And when I understood that, okay, see, I got a big definition of success, but success is going to come in every season differently for me. And I got to accept that. That's when I started realizing, okay, this mission isn't about where I'm going. It's about 
right here, right now, who I am. And, and determining who I want to be is going to dictate where I'm going to go. So I always talk about the, the C's. I'm always saying that it first starts with consciousness. See, you got to be conscious of your situation, like where you're at. Like, where is my ship at right now? Where am I at in my life? And, and not just to be like, hey, I'm in a house and I'm doing an interview with Shannon. No, like, where are you at right now? Like, where are you at with your finances? Like, where are you at with your mind? Like, do you feel like you don't know who the fuck you are? Do you feel lost? Do you feel like you're a disappointment? Like, those feelings that you only tell yourself because your ego doesn't want to tell everybody, you got to be honest with yourself. You got to be conscious of your situation. Like, me, I could say right now, I'm conscious of who I am, but like, before I was lying to myself like I lie like entrepreneurs lie we always lie every day how many times have you said man my business is doing good when someone's like oh how's your business going and you know damn well you know it ain't going you're like oh it's man it's good I got some people in the pipeline gonna be a big week next week and in your head you're like what, what am I kidding? Like, I hope it's a big week next week, but like, realistically, has it been a big week? Like, we always lie to ourselves, and we lie to ourselves because we're like, oh man, like, I, if I tell myself this, then this is what we're gonna project. But we don't realize that no, that that that's not how the power of the mind works. Like, that's not how consciousness works. You don't lie to yourself, and then you get the outcome. It, it doesn't happen. What you have to do is find yourself, and then you find that desire. So, how do you find yourself by being conscious? You got to be conscious of who you are, where you're at. If you're not happy, say, I'm not happy. If you don't got the money, I'm not in the financial position I want to be right now. It's hard. It's it, it's killing me. I, I don't know what to do. And, and I'm lost right now. Yeah. Awesome. You're lost right now. So so now you got consciousness. Now you know where you're at. I'm lost. And my business isn't where I'm at. My pipeline isn't full. For salespeople, you could be like, you know, I'm not, I'm not at a point where I'm following up correctly. I'm not at a point where I'm the best one in there. For business owners, you know, I'm not the best leader. I, I, I'm not really leading my ship right. I'm not doing 100%. I'm doing 80%. And, like, being honest with yourself doesn't always have to be, like, man, I'm a loser. It's just, like, honest, like, with where you're at right now. Like, what are you struggling with and what's your fault? So, like, once you find out your consciousness, now you got to have confession with yourself. Why do you have to have confession with yourself? Because once you accept your position, once you take ownership for where you're at in your life, where you're at with your mind, then you could start gaining some momentum on where you're going. Now you can say, okay, okay, I'm honest with myself. I can accept these truths. I know where I'm at. I'm accepting where I'm at. And I'm accepting that this isn't the place for me, that this isn't forever. Now I know that I, I, I could get going. I could get going. So what happens when you're, you're conscious? Now you have confession, you're gonna have clarity. When you have clarity, what, what does that give you? Clarity gives you a better mind to think, a better mind to move, a better mind to, to plan. Like if you're a business owner and a, or a sales rep or an entrepreneur in general, and you don't plan and you don't have strategic thinking, I wanna let you know you're gonna hit a wall every single time because leaders don't go into something blindly. And there's two types of leaders. There's the leaders that, dictate and need power and think this, that, and the other. And that's who I was because that's why my first business failed because that's what you think when you're a boss. You're like, oh, this is my shit. Like, oh, you're not making calls? Oh, you know what? That's it. Get out of here. Or, oh, 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 the best, the guy that came late every day, but like he gave me money this week. Let me applaud him. And that's not the leader that I want to be, but I've learned that, okay, well, if I'm going to leave my ship, that means that I need to take ownership in who I am. I need to have strategic thinking and I need to know the place and where I'm at. Okay. I know where I'm at. 
I'm honest with the mistakes I've made and what I want to accept and what I want to change. Now I have clear thinking. Now what happens? Greater commitments. That's the other C, commitment. Now I have the clarity, the consciousness, the confession to go ahead and make a commitment. And now you can make your commitments with where you want to go, with the target on who you want to be. See, we always want to change, but Uncle G says it best. We want to change, but when, when, we, when we're suffering, why don't you want to change when you have awareness of where you're at, you've accepted it, and you now have clarity on where you want to go. So now you commitment, you made a commitment with yourself, and it goes to the last C consistency now you got this commitment now let's stay consistent with it because when you stay consistent with it consistency beats hard work and talent every time and you know what if you get consistency and hard work you're a hard working consistent motherfucker you're gonna get you're gonna get a big opportunity every time Thanks. no matter what season it is yeah and to just tie the three, the five c's i think it was back to let's say sales phone and online marketing makes perfect sense you know because if you don't if you aren't clear on if you don't have clarity on on your own things you can be clear on your message so you can be clear on your offer and what, what happens you make no sales and then yep. and a confused mind says no and like to take the five c's and you could put it in a sales funnel perspective like with the business owners or you could put it in a freaking sales reps perspective because i know your audience is probably a mixture of both of them right so yeah. You can say, okay, consciousness, one, when it comes to you being a sales funnel strategist or you trying to generate leads, okay, I need to be conscious with where my client's at right now. I need to be conscious with where my level of lead generation is or what my level of my skill is. And, and that's something that I try to focus on with everybody. And, and you know, with my coaching style, I even had to break that down to you. Okay, you're a marketer, but like, what's your conscious level of marketing? Like, where are you at? And, and what is it that your, your audience wants, right? Because you got to be conscious of that. Because most Most of us just go in blind like, oh, I got this because I know how to make a funnel. Cool. That's that's cool. You can make a funnel. But can you make me money? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's what it is. All right. You made a pretty little thing online. But are you going to make me money? Because this pretty little thing online doesn't matter. And now I'm like, okay, if I'm honest with myself that this isn't the marketplace, this client is right. I, that target isn't from them. But I also can be honest and say that I got to try this out. Now you're being you're, you're, you're getting confession with what you're good at, what you know you got to outsource, what you know that you can do. You know what I mean? You got you got to go through all these motions because once you got the consciousness, once you got the confession, now you got the clarity to say, okay, this is the plan. This is the strategy. This is the target audience. This is the email sequence we're going to do. This is how we're going to reach out to them. This is the budget we're going to do. Now you go ahead and you kill them with, okay, so this is the commitment I need for you to yeah. go ahead and move forward with this process. And then you're going to consistently see my hard work and that's going to generate a lot of money for you and me. And then when it comes to sales rep, you got to be conscious of the people you're pitching. How the hell are you not going to know your situation, their situation? I always say, listen to the bickering because I come from phone sales. That's the hardest sale in the world. I don't care what anyone says. You get me in someone's face, I'm gonna sell you. How can I not? We're in front of each other. But you get someone on the phone, that shit's hard. And, and with that, you got to be conscious of the client you got. You got to be honest with yourself on the parts you're not good at and really work on it. You got to be clear with your pitch because a confused mind says no. And everybody's so used to sell, sell. So I got to be the best salesman. You know what the best salesman is? The best salesman is someone that they don't even know they're getting sold. And at the end of the call, they're like, 
man, thanks so much. You helped me so much. I'm glad I moved forward. Yeah. Awesome. Because you were personable and you gave so much damn value that that sold itself. And that's the type of salesperson you got to be. And with the five C's, you will do that because now you'll have clarity on what your client wants. Now you have clarity on the pitch that works for you. Now you got to just commit to calling those leads, to targeting that audience, to sticking with that follow-up system. And it all creates processes. If you don't have a process, you're not going to gain a commitment and you're not going to gain any consistency because you're going to keep hitting a, a, a block in the road exactly you guys hear it like if if you were like driving or whatever go just back like 10 to 15 minutes back right like grab your pen because uh, believe me this will give you more clarity to make more sales and more money not only that also give you more purposely living a driven uh, uh outcome for your life as well yeah. um, so nani um now that we talk about commitments and clarity and all that good stuff i know you teach that in, in your program. Um, what are the big, biggest, I say, excuses that you found and, and, and encounter every day in your program? Like, Dude, that is the best question I've ever gotten because I hope all you guys are listening to this. The biggest excuse that I've ever gotten was like, it's the same excuse. I don't know if it's the right time for me right now. And it's so funny that someone says that because they follow with that after they already told me like, man, like this is a perfect scenario at Shannon. I see someone struggling. That's how I reach out. And everyone that follows me and knows me, if you go on my page, you go on my thing, I don't need to sell you like, and that's not me being cocky. That's just, I know the value I give that I don't need to go knocking at your door every day saying, Hey, 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 buy for me. If I see that you need the assistance from me, then I'm going to go for it. But I'm not someone that's going to sit there, sell you, sell you, sell you. Like myself, my team, my crew, everything sells itself. You know what I mean? It's an accountability group. Like, do you want some accountability? So so my favorite thing that I get is all the time is like, oh, man, Nani, it's not for me. After they just said, man, Nani, I'm struggling right now. It's been so busy with work. I'm trying to get, get money ramped up. My kids, you know, are they're driving me crazy. My boss is, I'm not really happy. I'm not at a good point. And then I go, oh man, what if, what if you had a team that supported you? Like, what if you could go ahead, hop on these mastermind calls, like with these big ass people that are like, dude, Bradley, Coach Burke, drama like Ryan Stillman, Raul Villasese, Steve Sims, like who else? Uh, you, you've been on half the calls, you know what I mean? Um, Kent Claudier, David Meltzler, like all these big people, like you get an hour with them and you can ask them a question. You've asked questions that you needed the answer to. Like, I don't hold back if I know you really need that answer because it's not about me. It's about you guys, right? So I'm like, if, if you got a mastermind you can hop on, you got a group that's going to support you. And me, that like, honestly, you can say it and everyone says it. I really want to help you. Like, I really want you to win because if you don't win, then I don't win. And that concept for my business is true because if I say, hey, I'm going to hold you accountable to your things, and you don't ever get anything done, you're going to be like, you didn't hold me accountable to nothing. You see? So like, I make sure that I hold you accountable. And then my favorite thing is like, I go, I could help you do all of that. Oh, you know, I just don't think it's the right time for me. And that's my favorite excuse because you've been telling yourself that the whole entire, your whole entire life. And that's why you're right here because uh, it's, it's not the right time for me. Well, guess what? You keep telling yourself it's not the right time for you. Three years are going to pass by and you're going to be like, oh, it's my time now. 
What time you got? Because you let you snoozed on every opportunity that came in your way. Yeah. So I don't know if you've heard, if, if these listeners uh, know, but I got my my podcast and I put something where I say when you snooze you lose, right? And it was more or less like when you snooze on like your life, you are losing. And everyone thinks, oh man, that means sleep. No, that, that's not snoozing on yourself. Like I'm talking about snoozing on your life, snoozing on your opportunities, snoozing on that one person that reached out to you that said, hey, I, I want to help you. Join this group. You can get the most out of it. And if I don't, it's all good, but I want to help you. And you say, it's just not the right time for me when you just said you need the help, you need the guidance, you need the support, your money's not right. You just don't know where your mind's at. And you're going to tell me it's not right for you. It's not It's not the right time. Well, guess what? It's never going to be the right time. If it was always the right time, then shit would be a lot easier, right? Yeah. So, like, but what, what do you think, like, holds people back? On, on making the, that jump because to be honest like if somebody is in pain if somebody is, is, is seeking for help and still doesn't take it like what's the one thing holding them back is that they they, they got no belief in themselves like that's what it comes down to is like your belief in yourself like how, when, how when, people regain their belief back in themselves the five C's baby. Like you, like the five C's literally work for like every situation in your life. And I say that with the most like truest meaning, like, dude, I've been, I've wanted to kill myself. I've, I've been in dark places. I became a fucking alcoholic. I, I was fucking like all phases in my life have happened to me. Like I have been through it. Oh my man. And, and, and when I say like those five C's are real because Even in my weakest moments, I did those five C's. Whether my commitment was to continue doing that, I still had those that clarity moment, that that conscious moment, that confession with myself, that commitment I made after I realized those four C's, and then I went forward with being consistent on everything. So what I would say is this: like your belief in yourself starts with like identifying yourself. Like until you can accept who you are, look yourself in the face, and be like, okay, you've been doing some wrong shit. You're not a bad person. You just had some bad habits, but you know what you got to do. You got to own this shit because guess what? Things don't happen to you. They happen for you. And if you can't accept that this is happening in your life for you and that instead of taking this mess and, and, and making it a mess, and you should be taking this mess and making it your mission. Repurpose your mess. That way you could per make it a purposeful mission. We're always feeling bad for ourselves. We're always feeling sad for ourselves. But have you ever had that one moment where you're like, damn, like, Man, I believe in God, so I'm going to say it. Where you're like, man, like you, you just know I'm that strong, huh? You, you just know that, like, you give your toughest battles to your weakest people because you know that I'm not going to break. And I feel like when I'm weary is when I have faith. So I knew that every time, like, I wanted to be better, I had to have faith that I could be better. And every time that I was like, you know what? I, you're not a bad person. I, you know what? You have bad mistakes. I had to believe that. You got to put a belief in yourself. And until you accept who you were and know that, hey, that's not who I am. That's who I was. That's not who I am. This is where I'm going. Then your life is going to be better. But until you wake up that one day and say, man, I, I got to accept this and it's going to hurt then you're going to keep longing, 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 longing for that fulfillment. And if you've been in the masterminds, you know that every single one of these people that I bring on here have had that moment where they just was blinded to identifying themselves. They just kept going, ignoring it, ignoring it. They achieve all this fucking greatness. And at the end of their road, they're like, okay, so 
where is that feeling at? Like, where, where's my greatness at? And it's because they didn't identify themselves. And now they're grown ass men with all this fucking money. And either half the time they lose it all. And it takes them to have, lose it all to realize, okay, this is me. And then make it back up. And right now I'm like, you know what? I've lost enough. Like I've lost enough that there's no way that I'm not going to stop and realize, okay, you've done this. Own that shit. You've lied accept it you fucking broke loyalty to some of your family you've done some really fucked up things and you know it right yeah okay are is that gonna be you for the rest of your life no is that you right now no okay so accept that you've done some fucking wrong go apologize to the people that fucking matter look yourself in the face and say let's go because you didn't come this far to come this far like that's just it exactly wow guys poof again <laughs> Take it back 50 minutes and listen again, man. Uh, I know it's, we've been here like a time now. I'm not going to take more of your time. So just to start wrapping things up, um, talk more about, I know you, you, you're trying to give insights out in your accountability group, but talk more about that for a bit. Okay. Well, what do you want to know a little bit about the group? Like what can people expect? Like you, you, you just told us in the audience that they would be being accountable for their, their actions, their goal, but in what areas, like in all areas of their lives or like only in, in business side or how, what can they expect from the group if they join? Okay. So the point of my group is this, that's why when they say that they don't have time, it's the funniest shit to me because I'm not making goals for you. What I'm doing is holding you accountable for the things you don't want to get done or the things that you need to get done that you haven't. So when those people are like, Oh, I want, I want to work out, but I haven't. Oh, well, can you want to join my group? Oh, I don't got time. You don't got time to hit your goals. So my group is based on three areas of your life, personal growth, business or finance, as well as wellness. And I believe that I'm going to hold you accountable to all three of those areas in life, because although there isn't a balance with all three, we got to have all three of them in our life. Because when we're empty spiritually, when we're empty, when it comes to health, when we're, when we're empty, when it comes to business, when we're empty, when it comes to personal development, we're just empty. And unfortunately we can't have more than, we can't have a lot of one and none of the others. So what I hold you accountable for is getting in, getting in charge of your life, getting in power of your time, getting in power of what's important, what you need to prioritize. Because a lot of the times people think that they have to do a hundred things at once when no, what you got to do is figure out that one big goal, that big goal, that 90 day goal. Okay. Or that year vision, because I like to break it in 90 days, you figure out that one 90 day goal. And then we break it down to the little things that you've got to get done to achieve that one goal. Because if you realize that if you're going for one big thing in your life, when you hit your milestones, those are all the things that you've been planning to hit anyway. So when you're sitting there like, man, I got to hit this, I got to hit this, this is a part of my mission. And this is a part of that mission. No, 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 no. It's, it's one mission. And every achievement that you get is a part of that mission, not you just to find a direction of it. So with that, I like to hold you accountable with actually executing on the things that you need to get done that you don't want to do. Because like I said, we always want to do what we want. We never do what we need. And that's why I created the group, because I wanted people to get in power of who they are. I'm not holding you accountable to things I'm creating for you for you. I'm holding you accountable to your life and I'm holding you accountable to your actions and I'm holding you accountable to what you want to be. And if you want to have me a part of your journey, let's go. And if you can't accept the tough love coach, then I'm not for you. I say that to everybody because I don't care about the money. Um, for me, I had a road where I had to really check my fulfillment level, my thermometer on my fulfillment. And it wasn't there when I had my first business. 
And then I made this and, and, and my story is this, you know, in 167 days, I started up a business with zero fucking dollars. Shannon has seen my account where I've shown them it zero dollars. And now I've have a monetized group where coach bird is involved with. I'm on an event to go speak with Bradley coach bird in February. Um, I have right now 50 people that are signed up for the monthly subscription, 80 people that are a part of my group in general and that have purchased my products or one-on-one services. So with that, I'm, I'm not banking yet because everything's going back into the business and I'm growing the brand. But I started this at zero dollars 166 days ago. And now I have this movement going. So for me to say that fulfillment isn't key, fulfillment's key, baby. And being a part of Empower is getting yourself empowered where you want to go. So I, I say if you want to jo- join a tribe that pushes and supports you, you want to be with a coach that doesn't care when you tell me like, I don't want to do this. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to call you in the morning to wake you up to do it. Like, if you don't mind that, then I say be a part of the tribe because I'm not trying to do anything besides put, put you in front of resources that are needed. Awesome. And to close this off, Nani, what's next for you? Because I just heard you said you have a, a big event happening that, uh, next year in February. But what's next for this year? Man, what's next? All I got to say is keep watching the Empower Tribe because I got a lot of things in store. Honestly, I'm, I'm really trying to take this community to the next level. And I want to be able to host events and masterminds that are coming up. Um, just like I said, watch out for our movement because I will be releasing some things happening in the next couple months. Awesome. And where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Azonani or Empower Tribe. And you can also find me on Facebook at Nani or Empower Tribe. Soon I'm going to change it so everything's one. But yeah, go ahead, follow me. Shoot me a DM if you want to join the tribe. And most importantly, make sure you subscribe to this man's uh, a podcast. This was super amazing. I was glad to be a part of it. And hopefully you guys got some insight. If you guys did, go ahead, leave a review for him. Let him know how he did. And just keep following uh, this podcast because it's, it's just going to keep getting better. Awesome. Let's thank you for your time. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If you found anything like any value in this uh, podcast, make sure to share it and leave a five-star review. And if you want to get more empowered, more, uh, if you want to get um, going with the community of Empower, just let me know. Reach out to me because I have an amazing offer. If you sign up with my link, which is I will teach you and help you build your own funnels uh, for a month where you get four hours of my time. And we go into building offers, the funnel, and all the good stuff. So let me know. And see you guys on the next episode of the Sales Funnel Junkies podcast.